American Variety Network with your host, Alex Cardinal. American Variety Network provides American citizens with quality tropical fish shows, cooking and baking shows, talk shows, and more. Please download our app on Google Play and Apple Play called American Variety Network. Check out and like our Facebook page, American Variety Network. Now, here is Alex live. Listening live to the Aquatic Wetline Radio Show, hosted by a fish keeper for fish keepers. What's swimming in the tank today? What tropical fish are we talking about today? Let's dive into the fish tank and find out. We'll see you right now here on the Aquatic Wetline. Enjoy the show. You are now tuned in to the one and only fish keeping podcast on Blog Talk Radio that started it all. The Aquatic Wetline has something for you. What is Alex going to discuss next? Let's get back to the show to find out. Now, back to Aqua Alex. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a very special episode of the Aquatic Wetline here on American Variety Network. I'm your host, Aqua Alex. I apologize for the late start. We were having a little bit of technical difficulties here, but we are uh, now live on the air. Tonight, we're going to be doing our third episode of Let's Chat Tropical Fish, and my first two guests were friends of mine. My first two guests were Jeremy Spellhorn and Donovan Barger, 
And tonight, I'm happy to welcome another guest of mine that actually is a friend of mine. Before I introduce you to our guest tonight, I would like to tell you guys that tonight's show is actually live. So if you want to call in, you can call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two to ask Willie T, my guest, or myself a tropical fish question. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and introduce today's guest. And today's guest is a friend of mine for over three and a half years. He is the host of Aquatics Euphoria, and he also is a fish keeper. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Willie T to the Aquatic Wetline. Willie, how are you doing today, sir? All right. I'm doing fine, Alex. Thank you for having me on your show this evening. I really appreciate you asking me. Oh, no problem. It's my pleasure to have you back here on the Aquatic Wetline. I was worried there for a second because we were having a little bit of technical issues, but I finally got it to work. Yeah, I, I was trying to use Skype, I guess, and uh, I lost the connection, so I had to use the phone. It's awesome to have you back on the show. It's been quite a long time since I've had you on the Aquatic Wetline. Oh, yeah, it's it's been over a year, Alex. Uh yeah, I believe it's been over a year now. So are you so ready to talk fish tonight or have fun tonight? Yes, I am. So let's start off with an update in your fish room. I know it's been over a year, so tell tell us about your uh, tropical fish room. Well, I still got a few discus and some angels. Uh, previously, I had uh, decided... Uh, to get out of the hobby, but uh, as soon as I got rid of all my equipment, I regretted it immediately and started to purchase some more tanks to get back in. What I found for me to get out of the burnout uh, of the hobby was to actually get rid of the equipment and uh, create a regret and realized that I didn't want to get out of it in the first place. I shouldn't have done that. I should have just stored my equipment and then restarted. But now I'm buying tanks again. Awesome. So what do you have for fish currently? I got some discus and some angels. Uh, I've got uh, a change coming up. I'm going to be selling my discus the first of next month. And uh, hopefully I've got some uh, blue garam. He's going to be coming, some fry, uh, to replace the uh, discus for a while. Then the following month I, I got a sale on my angels. And I'm going to let the blue garam grow out. And then uh, a couple months later I'm going to buy some more discus, but I'm going to get them all the same size and probably five or six different strains uh, to, for a total of 12, or maybe uh, three or four strains and have 12, and uh, start out with all the same size and create a community tank with, like, uh, cardinal tetras, some uh, bushy nose, uh, plecos, and uh, a few uh, corridors, and uh, see if I can uh, create another discus as the focal point of a community tank with some really good tank mates for them. Oh, that sounds pretty interesting. So it's nice to hear that you're going to be taking a break from discus for a little while and, and try something new with the blue garamis and the speedos. 
Yeah, I'm going to try to uh, get the blue gouramis to grow out and uh, see see if I can uh, get some good-looking blue gouramis out of there uh, and sell the ones that I'm not particularly wanting to keep and keep the ones I do want to keep. Maybe uh, I can probably set up another tank later uh, with some angels and blue gouramis and uh, see if I can uh, do another tank like that. I'm not going to grow too big this time because I'm actually getting too old to do all the work necessary to do it. I'm 64, as you know, Alex. But I am healthier today than I was uh, a year ago uh, due to taking supplements uh, and not depending on my doctors. (laughs) I'm depending (laughs) on myself now to get well (laughs) because big pharma don't want you well. (laughs) But anyways... uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm not getting out of the hobby. I just uh, uh, is changing my uh, format of doing it. Uh, by the way, uh, the YouTube channel I had uh, was hacked and deleted, and I lost 1,250 subs, so I got discouraged there. Uh, and I tried to open up another uh, YouTube channel, but I was still discouraged, so... I personally, uh, through talking with my son, I deleted it. But I now have another YouTube channel that, uh, in spite of my son, I started. It's called The Christian Fish Keeper. And I'm going to be doing uh, Christian-oriented fish videos, uh, talking a little bit about Scripture and my belief system with the Lord and all that. So I'm not probably going to not get too many subs on that, but it's something I've been called to do, I do believe. I'm very sorry to hear that somebody hacked into your YouTube account. That was a very, very terrible thing to do. And I wonder well, why they I did it. I don't know who it was, Alex. I, I think I know who it was, but it was for personal reasons. I was having a contest, and uh, you were you were you entered into the contest as well as a, a few other people, and it was the prizes were added up to almost two hundred dollars, and uh, someone in my family felt that I was going loony, <laughs> giving that much <laughs> money away in a contest. But uh, some people that are not in the fish-keeping hobby just don't understand your passion and how much you love the fish hobby and others that are doing it. You know what I'm saying, Alex? Yeah, I definitely understand that. My mother's like that. She doesn't understand that the hobby costs money and stuff. So I, I know how that is. Yeah, you know, having contests help you get more subs and more views and uh that's the idea of YouTube is to grow to the point where you start making some money on YouTube. See, my family didn't realize that the investment would be returned to me at some future point, but this family member thought it would be a joke to delete my account, thinking that it could be easily restored, but that's not the way it is on YouTube. Once your account is deleted, that's it. I tried four or five times to contact YouTube talked to four or five representatives. I I could end up with all my videos back and and uh, restore uh, my channel, but I would lose all my subs. So I just went to a different account, you know. That's true. Well, at least you have a radio show now, right? Oh, I love the radio, yeah. I'm going to continue the radio no matter what anybody says. Uh, 
if I have to, I'll move out. <laughs> I'm going to do my radio. But, yeah, I have uh, the Euphoric Network, and I have uh, a great fish-keeping show with Sam Scales uh, called Aquatics Euphoria Behind the Glass. And then I have my own fish show just called Aquatics Euphoria from time to time. I have a Christian show, talk show sometimes, and a euphoric rock tribute show where I play rock music of yesteryear, and I want to start playing music of today as well. That's awesome. Sam Garcia is a wonderful gentleman, and he knows a lot about the tropical fish hobby, so your listeners are, are very, very in for a very good treat. They're very lucky, I should say. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm getting lots of listens. Uh, it's growing very quickly, and I'm really glad to have Sam with me. Uh, he is such a friend now. Uh, but he's teaching me how to be better at podcasting as well, so I appreciate that as a mentor. That's awesome. Now, I know you said you wanted to get into the Espedo aspect of the uh, tropical fish hobby, and that's the Espedo Grama cichlids. I haven't actually kept them, but uh, I have a few friends that like them, and they have them in their aquarium. So why do you want to keep Espedo Grammas? Espedo Grammas? Yes. Why do I like them? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand uh, you, you said that before, and uh, I thought it was a big joke, and it is. I kind of like that, a Speedo, man. I kind of like that word because they are pretty fast. <laughs> speedo. Speedo <laughs> yeah. fish, speedo fish. Okay. But anyways, Epistos have a uniqueness about them. They have some really great colors. I like the orange uh and the the blues and uh, and I had a two pair. Now I never had epistogrammas before, so uh, I got two pairs, orange and blues, and I put one pair in one tank and one pair in another tank. And at some point in the future, when I needed a tank, I put both pairs in one tank. Well, it was all right for quite a while, then all of a sudden I ended up with one male. So the, I ended up with the blue male, and apparently he killed the two females and the orange male. So I learned that it's best to keep pairs by themselves. Uh, I, I, I didn't go any further after I kept the, uh, the blue male for a while until he succumbed in the discus tank. I didn't realize that he didn't need the warm water. Uh, that the discus had, but, you know, it pays to research. Now, these were given to me, so uh, I had to learn about them. And sometimes you, you make mistakes, and uh, I've, I've made my share of mistakes, believe me. But my very first fish, uh, now, years ago I had guppies, and you know guppies. Uh, they... <laughs> They were kind of hardy, and uh, they just bred and bred and bred. They had nothing to do with it. But I got overloaded with guppies, so I got scared out of the hobby and got into music, traveled around the country. And then uh, when I retired at 62, I wanted something to do, so I thought of the fish hobby again. And my very first fish coming back was the discus. I had three big mistakes, but not as far as care is concerned. There were three mistakes. One was an accidental poisoning, of course, by spraying bug spray on the floor. 
uh, one was my first batch of discus that I got uh, from a, a place that uh, ended up with four out of five dying of whirling disease. Have you ever heard of that in discus? No, I actually haven't. What is that kind of disease? Well, it's actually a cold water fish problem, uh, that, like the salmon or, or cold water fish, and and somehow it got into the discus. Uh, uh, and what it is is they, it's it's a disease uh, that attacks the brain or the uh, where the fish actually twirls and twirls and ro- sw- swims into the glass and knocks itself out. Eventually, uh, when it knocks itself out, it'll actually drown. Did you know the fish can drown? No, I didn't know that. That's an interesting fact. Sorry to hear yeah, it. Fish, fresh like freshwater fish don't drink water. Uh, saltwater fish do, but uh, freshwater uh, fish don't drink water. They just bring it in their mouth, right over their gills and out their gill flanks, and that's it. They don't swallow water. But if they knock themselves out, they'll actually get water inside them, and they'll drown just like a human would. Oh, that sounds very painful. But I'm actually glad you brought up when you came back into hobby after your retirement that you, you got discus because I, I, I was always wondering how you found discus, but I, I don't think you've ever had an answer to that. So how did you first find out about the discus fish? Well, I was looking for a fish because I wanted to get into a side business to supplement my fixed income that I now had since I retired. And uh, I researched, and I come across this fish that was not only beautiful, but was rather on the high side of money, and I thought I was going to make some money. But I'll tell you something. You can't always look at a fish and know the price and say, I'm going to make money selling that. Because in today, the fish hobby, there's so many people doing discus fish mainly because they're more hardy today. They're not like they were in the days when they were called the pompadour fish. Uh, back then they needed a, a very low pH, and in the wild they have a very low pH. But uh, there's a, a a fish breeder, Discus Hans, that's tap water breeding his fish that's just about guaranteed to live in anybody's water with very little acclimation. And uh, the Discus are hardier today. So... Anyways, yeah, uh, I decided that I was going to get discus to get into a business, and I got all the equipment, spent over $4,000, and within uh, two and a half years, I totally dissolved everything, and I did not sell not one fish. You know why? Why? I didn't have the business attitude. Every fish I bought, I fell in love with. You got to have a business sense. You got to be willing to sell it to make money. And every time I get a discus, I loved it. I kept it. So you got to have the business sense in order to do it. And I never had a business. Never went to school for business. I just thought I could sell them. 
and I never could. I loved them too much. My heart was just not in the selling them because I didn't want them to go somewhere and, and die, or uh, I d- didn't want somebody to mistreat them and not take care of them right and have them die. You know, there's 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 a certain passion there for the love of fish, and my my motto is, fish have a right to life. That's why I don't believe in fish cycling. Uh, I believe in fishless cycling, cycling your tank with ammonia or fish food. That's true. And it actually is kind of hard to to sell fish or any other animals. It's a very hard business because you uh, get attached to them, so I understand that 100%. Yeah, a business person has to go into it as a businessman. Uh, he has to do the work to take care of the fish so they're quality and they're purchased as quality fish. And when he starts seeing the money coming in, he gets more of the business attitude, starts expanding. I had a very small operation, and discus eat a lot of food. So I wasn't making any money, and I was spending money. And then the love of the hobby of doing it, I I remained as a hobbyist. And uh, my business was keeping fish, and and actually my business was keeping water. (laughs) And my fish kept themselves. (laughs) That's true. And uh, I think as a hobbyist, it's much more enjoyable to keep fish, and it's more fun. If you were uh, a business selling fish, you would quickly lose uh, interest in fish because of how many fish you have to have and take care of. So I think the hobbyist is uh, the best part of the fish hobby. Well, you got to have one or two passions, making money or keeping fish. And uh, I like keeping fish. I just like sitting in front of the tank, looking at them, watching them, relaxing. Discus uh, is such a peaceful fish. Uh, if you're hyperactive and, and you've got hyperactive thinking right now, or like me, I'm bipolar, and when I get upset or nervous, I go sit in front of the tank, and the discus will look at me, and they'll say, what's wrong with you, guy? Relax. <laughs> and I say, okay. <laughs> so the discus are just like me. They're always asking you what's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what? I, I, I heard that you uh, got into the saltwater hobby while we were uh, absent from one another. Is that true? Yep, I actually have a couple of saltwater tanks now. I've got a 120-gallon saltwater tank and a 29-gallon reef tank. So what inspired you to get into the saltwater uh, hobby? One of my uh, one of my closer friends, I think you know him as well, Donovan, um, he actually had a saltwater tank for a little while, and I was like, wow, that's interesting. And then I saw a one-spot fox face that he had, and I, I instantly fell in love with the fox face, and I... I started researching, and then money came available to me, and I, I said, I'm going to enter the saltwater hobby because it's always been a, a dream of mine. And um, I actually went to the fish store, and they had a big Black Friday sale. So I bought all the equipment I needed for half the price, and then I cycled my tank for two months. That was the, the longest time I had to, to wait to cycle a tank, and then I added some of fish, some fish slowly, and here we are today with my 120 packed. Well, not packed, but stocked pretty much. I can't add any more fish to it. And then I've got my 29-gallon reef tank over here 
it's empty right now because I'm trying to figure out what I want to keep into it. And then uh, I went from there, and now I'm actually planning a 20-gallon saltwater tank now. So it seems that my, all of my attention has been going into the saltwater hobby, but I do sort of miss the freshwater hobby. Uh, yeah, you haven't, you don't have a freshwater tank right now, do you? No, I don't have one anymore. Hopefully, so in you're future. actually. Oh, so you actually transitioned right over into salt water. Yeah, actually, I kind of did. I guess some people can say that I quit freshwater cold turkey and and moved into to salt water, but I still I still enjoy looking at freshwater tanks. Well, you know, I I realize that salt water is a, a relatively more expensive uh, uh, fish keeping hobby. Uh, because of the cost of the certain species of fish for saltwater tanks. But, uh, you know, if you've been keeping freshwater tanks and you've kept discus before and you've been doing this since you was a very young child, uh, I think uh, your transition into saltwater worked well for you, didn't it? Yeah, it went pretty well. I, I did make a few mistakes, and uh, my first mistake was I added too many fish too fast, and that resulted in almost all of my fish dying. But I learned from that mistake, and I learned that you take your time in the saltwater hobby, and now I have uh, healthy, happy fish. I've got a, a Picasso trigger, a fox face. I've got a, a dory, a blue hippo tang, a blonde niso tang, and a manila puffer right now in the in the 120, and I'm going to have a pair of uh, Picasso clowns in my 29-gallon reef tank. So uh, what do you feed your fish, a variety of food, or is there a special food for all saltwater fish in your tanks? Right now I feed them uh, LRS reef frenzy food, which is a frozen food that has mussels, clams, shrimp, and also has uh, some algae in there for for the tanks. I also feed them uh, market shrimp live brine shrimp, and they get Akari frozen foods as well. And occasionally I'll I'll go out and buy um, live ghost shrimp and stuff for the triggers. And for the triggers, I also feed them mussels for their teeth. Yeah, that's for the puffer? Yeah, the puffer and the trigger fish. Actually, the yeah. triggers are related to puffers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know much about saltwater hobby whatsoever uh, because uh, I never studied or looked into it. I did uh, go to a saltwater mom-and-pop fish store one time and saw all these beautiful fish. And then when I looked at the price, I said, well, maybe I'll stick with my discus. (laughs) There are some uh, relatively cheap saltwater fish out there like... uh, Ocellaris clowns and Bangai cardinals that you could look into. Yeah. I like the, uh, what is that? I can't remember now. The yellow, uh, yellow fish, uh, yellow with tank? high forehead, high, high forehead. Is that yeah, a, is that that a tang? Talking about a yellow tang? Yeah. Yeah, the yellow tang. I think that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Those are gorgeous fish, too. Yeah. I used to walk in doctor's offices and see saltwater tanks. And my idea when I got into the business and discus, I was hoping that uh, my son would get involved, which he had a part of me quitting uh, because I wanted him to help me set up uh, 
discus tanks in doctors' offices and lawyers' offices, and he didn't want no part of it. And, I, and that's the only way I probably would have made money uh, was to have uh, maintenance uh, tanks, uh, selling them. And nobody handled discus in my area here. I was the only one that was attempting to deal with discus and breed them and things like this. But uh, I had more things to learn before I could actually breed them. And now that I've got the knowledge, uh, I've got to start with all the same size and uh, see if I can accomplish that before I, you know, end up gone. (laughs) (laughs) I think you'll eventually breed discus. I think in the next five or six years you'll have it down. Well, you know, I've been trying for three years, and every time I get in the tank with them, they look at me like, what are you doing in here? You ain't going to breed me. (laughs) Oh, my God. They probably said this guy's going to try to make babies with me. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I remember watching uh, one of your first videos when when I found you, and you actually swallowed the aquarium water. I think it was called doing a dive or something. Yeah, uh, William T. (laughs) T takes the plunge. Yeah, I remember that. I started laughing. You know, there's a discus club, Alex, where when they all get together with their tanks to display their discus, each one takes a drink of their tank water. And... uh, it's it's one of their rituals that they do every time they get together. And uh, they say if you're afraid to do that, then your water's not clean. Uh, so uh, I did that video because that's actually how I test my water sometimes. I smell it. I taste it. If it tastes the right amount of acetic, uh, I can taste it in my mouth. If it's too acetic, I can taste that too. I can tell if I got an ammonia spike by tasting it, and whatever. It's just a quick way of testing my water before I do a test. And it, it lets me know when I actually need to do a test. So, yeah, there's, there's a reason why I did that. You know, a little <laughs> taste of the water ain't going to hurt you. You know, uh, we have such a high immune system ourselves that you're not going to get anything from the water. How many people uh, that you know of uh, that fought wars in the jungles, that drank water where snakes and everything lived and things like this? You know, there's a, there's a lot to be considered there as far as water is concerned. You know, we <laughs> water is actually getting scarce on our planet, fresh water, that is, and a lot of people are wasting their water and polluting it and things like this, and fish are better off in aquariums. That's true. Maybe I should have you t- uh, taste test my water to see if my salinity's right. <laughs> I'm only joking. It'd be too salty for you. Uh, so, uh, anyways, I just. Go ahead. I, I, I see that you're really active on your network. Uh, you have something going every day. Yeah, I try to keep myself busy. I, I like podcasting. Sometimes I'm too busy on the network, and I always have to reschedule a show, but I try to make sure there's a show at least once a week. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to see you're uh, still going strong. 
higher and higher constantly. And, uh, you have sponsors. You're doing well, man. I'm really proud of you. I remember I met you uh, the first time on one of your aquatic wetline shows where I was talking about discus. And you inspired me to get into uh, Blog Talk Radio myself. And uh, uh, you've always maintained an advance on me, uh, very, very much so. Uh, And uh, if it wasn't for you, I would not be podcasting today. And uh, I appreciate that about you. In fact, I know we had our ups and downs. Uh, We had our battles with words and things like this. But through it all, we came through to where we are today. That is true. At one point, we even had a WrestleMania match, right? <laughs> yeah, no holes barred, yeah. Uh, the battle of wit and words, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I always said that forgiveness is the key. Uh, without forgiveness, you know, words can murder people uh, or words can heal people. Uh, words are very powerful. Once they're out there and spoken, you can't take them back. The only thing you could do is ask for forgiveness. And if the other person's unwilling to forgive, he's the one that has the burden, not you, for asking for forgiveness. See, so when both people ask for forgiveness, the burden is over. Everything's peaceful again. That's true. I appreciate your uh, your kind words there. I, I really do appreciate those words. Well, you're welcome. They mean a lot uh, to me. You deserve it. You know, uh, you've got many, many uh, shows to do yet, and uh, uh, I just hope that, that someday you be able to have your own uh, uh, FM radio show uh, on the outside in a, a brick-and-mortar type idea uh, and uh, see you grow in the radio somehow uh, and, uh, you know, develop your radio uh, talent. Uh but I, I, I can see you probably staying on Blog Talk Radio in SoundCloud or wherever you're at now, because I know you're doing many different platforms now, right? Yeah, I have uh, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, iTunes, and I also have my uh, very own app now that listeners can download and hear my shows on the Google Play and Apple Play Store called American Variety Network. Very good. Yeah, you told me about that the other day, and I'm looking into it myself. And I was told that they, they this person can do it for me as well. And I'm going to try to get that established next month. Uh, so I want to thank you for giving me that tip. You're welcome. I think it's going to help your show out a lot. Well, I think it will. Uh I told my co-host, actually the host, we're both hosts, Sam and I, uh, and uh, I told him about it. He was giving me a big thumbs up on that. So, uh, yeah, that app, uh, folks, if you're listening, go check out uh, uh, Alice Cardinelli's app, the American Variety Network there on Google Play and download it. Uh, It's great for your iPhone and tablet. Uh, You can listen to the shows anywhere you go. That's awesome. Now, I know that you are uh, actually a very religious man, and you are are Christian, so would you mind explaining to us how your Christian faith ties into the aquarium hobby? Well, uh, on my new channel, I'm going to be 
playing some sermons while you're watching the fish tank and uh, meditating uh, to the to the sermons and uh, watching the fish tank and see how graceful the fish are and how informative and wisdom uh, there are in the sermons. Uh, I'm also going to be doing the same thing, some fish uh, fish informational videos. Uh, but everybody's going to know up front that I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm going to be doing it from a Christian perspective. Uh, I'm going to include prayer, things like this. And uh, I'm going to see if I can get some other Christians involved in the fish-keeping hobby. Uh, because it is a wonderful thing. Jesus really loved fish. Uh, he created them. And uh, he cared. He, he got fishermen to join him as his apostles and disciples and uh one time they was out fishing and they couldn't catch a thing and he says cast your net on the right side of the boat and they did and they caught a multitude of fish it was so much they couldn't even pull it in the boat so he loves fish and he loves people who love fish so i'm sure that he loves all fish keepers that is very very true now, I know that you are a 64-year-old fish keeper, but do you think more of the uh, senior citizens should be entering into the tropical fish hobby? Well, a lot of senior citizens my age, uh, if they haven't gotten into the fish hobby yet, they'll probably need help from uh one of the children or something that's, you know, around 40, something like that, to help them. But I think senior citizens, uh, rather than sitting in their rocking chairs when they get old, should actually be sitting in their rocking chair looking at a fish aquarium. I agree with you. I think you're actually a very euphoric senior citizen. Oh, I'm, uh, you're only as old as you think <laughs> you are, uh, um, Right now, I'm probably around 12. That is very true. <laughs> so what would be your dream aquarium? Well, I've been dreaming about this aquarium, and it's not very big. It's only uh, about the size of your big aquarium, 120, 125. But uh, I want a seven-foot-long one. I have a certain place in my fish room I could put it. And that's probably the only amount of room I have left for it. But I've been dreaming of that now for three years. But uh, I can't buy one around here, and uh, I, 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 it's expensive to get one shipped here uh, from Fish Tanks Direct, or there goes a little uh, <laughs> uh, plug there for Fish Tanks Direct. But uh, Blue Aquarium, uh, it, it just costs so much for me, and yeah, I'm not very. I have on a, I'm on a fixed income, so I have to save money now for that, and. Uh, when I get it, um, I'm doing some financial rearranging in my life to where I'll be able to afford that uh, sooner than later. That's awesome. Now, I know that me and you have this in common. We are both bipolar, but I actually use the fish-keeping hobby to sort of uh, relax my bipolar. And uh, last week I, did, I actually did a bipolar fish show, and I have to give you credit for that. That was an idea that I got from you. So how does the fish-keeping hobby help with your bipolar? Well, like I said earlier in your show, uh, when I get upset or nervous, actually, I get nervous sometimes. It's on the borderline of a panic attack. Uh, 
uh, I would just have a happy mood, and all of a sudden I'd uh, slam down into a down mood, and I'd get almost a panic attack, being upset that I feel bad all of a sudden. So I'll run to my fish room and sit in my chair and look at my fish, and I'll just close my mind and look at the fish. And like I said, they'll look at me like I'm going to feed them. It's not time to feed them yet, but they'll look at me, and I'm talking to them. You know, I'm talking to them through the glass. I don't know if they hear me, but I sure hear them. (laughs) That's cool. So you really love your fish, and I'm sure the fish love you too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, discus are very personable fish, like uh, some Jack Dempsey's, Oscars, or some of your monster fish. They all have personality uh, because actually their their brain, thought processes are bigger, and their brains are bigger. Uh, you know, so they're more intelligent. Uh, there are a lot of uh, I, I've seen people with better fish They have them swim through hoops And things like this And uh, do do tricks uh, You can train fish to do things Look at the dolphins They get trained to do things And whales That is true So you still like the feeder fish, huh? Oh, I love the feeder fish <laughs> You know why I love the feeder fish? Because you don't. Because you don't. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Actually, actually, Alec, if you get a magnifying glass, you can see some pretty nice colors in them feeder fish. That's true. (laughs) The only thing about about the feeder fish is you have to have a magnifying glass to see them. (laughs) Well, that's true. But I got a big one. So I can look at three or four of them at a time. That's true. Now, now I know that you are actually a, a pretty good fish keeper, and I know that you have a, a low budget. So could you uh, possibly advise for all of our listeners out there that may be on a low budget how they can keep such beautiful fish on a low budget? Well, uh, the biggest and most common for the price, tank, is a 55-gallon. They're available at all Petco's. Uh, they, they come as kits. You get the filter, everything that goes to get the tank started. And uh, the ones I were buying at the time was 200 and a few dollars. And what I would do is I'd buy an extra filter so I can have over-filtration. And uh, I would stick with that, and I would stabilize the tank. Uh, you doing a fishless cycle using ammonia with no additives. Keep the tank going for about uh, six months because discus are very sensitive fish. And uh, I use sponge filters at first, and which are very reasonably priced, uh, and uh, uh, a nice uh, air pump. And uh, and but I would take the ten the uh, hang on top filters out uh, because they came with the kit and I would use them on other tanks that I would just buy the tanks a dollar per gallon and I would use those filters from the kit for like uh, 20 gallons uh, or the 40s or whatever other tanks I'd get 
use your mind and think wisely about what you're buying. And uh, I like the substrated tank, so I get my gravel from Walmart. Uh, they had like uh, 20 pound bags for uh, 11.73 at the time, whatever, um, or or less, I think. Uh, well, no, it was the filters that was 11.73 for the hang on tops for uh, 12 filters. Uh, I look around and shop wisely with my money. And uh, I made a mistake by buying uh, less-costing discus from a website that I said had the whirling disease, where I lost my first four out of five, one survived. Uh, But uh, I have found that where the money needs to go is on the fish and the food. Buy great food for your discus and buy from a reputable breeder. Um, I used to get, uh, after I left this one website, I went to Tony Tan, uh, Angelfish USA, got my discus through Tony Tan. And then, uh, my last few discus I got from Discus Hans, which I recommend Discus Hans to anybody out there. And uh, I know I've often said that even a beginner can start out with discus. The reason why I know that is because I did and uh, a few other people on my YouTube channel did because of my videos. Uh, but I've had a lot of bad publicity uh, through the through the time I've been taking care of discus for saying that. I know, I know you had a lot of uh, bad publicity, but that those are some uh, very good tips for the beginners out there who are on a, a low budget. Now, I've been watching your YouTube channel over the last few months, and I know that you uh, have been on a, a, a animal euphoria. You've had a lot of other wonderful animals. Can you tell us about the animals you have now besides fish? Oh, I have two cats and a dog. Uh, I, I've been getting some animals at parts of deals to make a profit. I had some birds that I sold for twice what I paid for them. Uh, I had... Uh, well, I had one, uh, I can't remember what it was now, but uh, the birds uh, I, I sold for a pretty good profit. Uh, but I sold them mainly because they were such uh, mean birds to me, man. They, the previous owner was a female, and apparently these birds liked her voice better than mine. <laughs> Because every time I'd put my hand in the cage and say something, it would bite my finger. So uh, I had a couple videos with this parrot on my shoulder, and uh, he would play with my hat and whatever I was wearing. And then uh, after three or four days, he just got tired of making videos with me. He started biting me. So I don't want to be on camera. (laughs) So I thought you were a big bird or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but anyways, yeah, I've had uh, a few pets in the past year that I've purchased and sold, other than the ones I've mentioned on uh, YouTube. That's pretty cool. I'm going to be getting a new pet. I'm actually going to be getting a a beagle puppy. He's going to be like my son. I heard that. So are you going to go hunting or what? Maybe. Well, I'll have to get in shape first. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, don't worry about that. You're in shape enough. That's true. <laughs> Just walk slow. Do you mind if we? 
You mind if we take a quick commercial break? Sure. All right. So we're live chatting tropical fish with my friend, William T., the owner and operator of Euphoric Network with Aquatics Euphoria. He also has a wonderful host by the name of uh, Sam Garcia. So you can call in at 1-347-989-8142 if you have any questions you would like to ask Willie or I. But right now we're going to go ahead and take a short commercial break with some of our supporters of the aquatic wetline, some fellow fish friends. They have a word for you guys, so let's go ahead and hear it. Hikari offers a wide selection of aquatic diets to help you and your fishy friend find success. With more than 137 years of aquatic experience, Hikari was the originator of species-specific diets long before others thought it was important or trendy, and the first to bring unique products to fish keepers like algae wafers, the world's first diet specifically formulated for Picosinus, Micropellets, the world's first micro-coated aquatic diet for tropical fish, Saki Hikari, the world's first probiotic-enhanced diet for koi, goldfish, cichlid, and now turtles, and Biopure, the world's cleanest and most nutrition-packed frozen and freeze-dried foods, industry trendsetters when they were first introduced. When you're looking for the best aquatic diets your hard-earned money can buy for your aquatic pets, look no further than Hikari. Your fish and your wallet will be forever grateful. Are you a serious tropical fish keeper? Do you currently keep discus cichlids? Or are you looking to keep discus cichlids and need to find some quality discus? Why not come to Discus Hans? Discus Hans proudly supplies plenty of American discus hobbyists with quality Stenker discus. The Stenker discus provide fish hobbyists the opportunity to raise show quality discus because Stenker discus can adapt to tap water and even breed in tap water. Discus Hans has helped serve many discus fish lovers with his quality Stenker discus and you can experience the beauty of Stenker discus from Discus Hans. Discus Hans will ship quality discus cichlids right to your door. Check out Discus Hans at www.discushansusa.com. And to place your order for your very own Stenker discus, check out discusfishstore.com. Hey guys, this is Donovan. I'd like to tell you a little bit about my show, Here for the Fix. I talk about how to became a fish keeper until now, talk everyday fish keeping, and about my favorite fish, African cichlids. So go check out my YouTube channel, Here for the Fins, all together lowercase, and check out my Facebook, Here for the Fins. School of Fish, Inc. offers everything an aquarium hobbyist in western Massachusetts needs. We offer the best alive stock from fresh water to salt water and everything in between. We also have the best corals and live rock. School of Fish, Inc. carries the best brands of fish food, medications, and equipment such as Hikari, Tetra, Marineland, API, and much more. Stop by and check us out today. School of Fish, Inc. located at 1865 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts. And we can be reached at 413-543-1994. We're open Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, closed Tuesdays. Check out School of Fish, Inc. That's School of Fish, I-N-C. 
NC on Facebook for exclusive deals, specials, and see what's new. You are listening to the Aquatic Wetline here on Blog Talk Radio, hosted by fish keepers and fish keepers. Come dive into the fish tank with Alex and James and find out what's swimming today. Fish keepers and aquarists, get ready. Sunday, August 28, 2016, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific, Aquatic Wetlines will proudly celebrate three years of being one of the only fish keeping aquarium podcast on Rob Talk Radio. Come join Aqua Alex and the special guest fish keepers to proudly celebrate three years of Aquatic Wetlines live Sunday, August 28th at 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on American Variety Network. Yes, that's right. The Aquatic Wetline will be celebrating three years on August 28th at 9 p.m. That'll be our three-year anniversary. We'll have more details about that on an upcoming episode of Aquatic Wetline in the future. Anyways, we're back here on the Aquatic Wetline. Tonight we have the euphoric Willie T on the show as our special guest on the third episode of Let's Chat Tropical Fish. I want to remind everybody that you can call in at 1-347-989-8142 to ask any questions you may have on the tropical fish hobby. So we're going to get right back into our fun uh, tropical fish chat. I'm having a blast tonight. And, uh, Willie, I want to ask you, who are some of your favorite fish keepers? Well, you know, uh, one of them is uh, Alice Cardinelli. Oh, I've got to say that. Thank you. <laughs> and and Sam Scales. Uh, Sam Scales. And uh, I like uh, uh, Mr. Man, 316. Uh, you ever heard of Mr. Man? Yeah, I, I think so. I think he has dovies and stuff, right? Yeah, he has a pretty large fish room, and actually, I kind of like uh, Uaru Joey uh, as a fish keeper. Uh, he's pretty intelligent about things, and uh, I learn a lot from these expert fish keepers uh, just by going to their forums and uh, like the DIY fish keepers uh, forum. And that's where I'm from Inkbull, excuse me, I didn't mean to say that, but Inkbull's the one that gave me some pretty bad publicity about uh, saying that beginners can have discus. But, you know, it's true. It is really true. All you got to do is be able to follow the rules and the guidelines uh, that people tell you about discus and be willing to do the work. Uh, you just have to get to the right information. Uh, and once you get the right information, you can actually do it. Uh, and I, I see you have a commercial uh, about Hans Discus, and that's that's really great uh, because I mentioned him earlier. So I guess the plug was okay then. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I like Discus Hans. He's got quality Discus. Yeah, well, my last big mistake uh, I made with Discus, uh, I got uh, a, a and you know as well as I do, I got a gift from. Uh, a friend of uh, six 
discus hans, discus, script belts. And uh, I uh, soaked some manzanita wood for a couple of days. And then I put it in the tank, and overnight, uh, five out of six fish died uh, of my discus. So, you know, you, these accidental poisonings sometimes would not be accidental if you knew what you were doing. You know, you have to live and learn in this hobby, but it's at the expense of the death of the fish, which really hurts me and irks me because I didn't research this further. Uh, I had three pieces of manzanita wood that I purchased. Two were aquarium safe, and one apparently wasn't. Uh, And the ad said that it was aquarium safe. So I believed the ad, but it was coated with some sort of a chemical to make these branches uh, look white, uh, which I thought would be a nice looking in the tank. But after I put it in the tank and had the dead fish, the next day I thought about it. I said, what kind of wood would you put in a tank that's white? You know, uh, birch is sort of white. But, uh, no, I mean, it didn't make any sense after I thought about it. So there was a big mistake there. So, yeah, I've lost some pretty expensive money uh, with losing some discus. But, you know... Uh, I do have a lot of good knowledge about discus that can help anybody in the discus uh, hobby now. Uh, And it only took me three years to do it. That's good. At least you can say you have uh, good, at least you can say you have experience with uh, discus. Good and I learned fast. I learned fast. But uh, by going fast, you can make some mistakes. That's true, but I must say that you're able to learn from your mistakes very quickly. That's a, that's a good thing that you have going for yourself. Yes, and I also share my mistakes in my videos. When I make a mistake, you know, you can learn from someone else's mistakes. It's just in reverse psychology. Uh, if I claim it as a mistake, you're actually learning from my mistake the positive of that information. So you don't do that. Uh, and and I, a lot of people would comment on I mean, well, you stupid SOB, whatever, you know. Some you know, some <laughs> people in the fish community are cruel, man. Uh, they're so smart. They think their own answers are the only right ones. And, and uh, you know, what works for you works for you. If, it, if you share that information, it may help somebody else. But people don't tell what their water is a lot of times when they make these videos. They just say, do it this way. But they don't mention their water parameters, their water out of the tap, what the pH is and uh, whatever. Uh, and, and you'll have a different pH coming out of your tap, and you'll try to do it his way, and your fish will die. People just don't realize you've got to share your water parameters, too. That's why I've always said mine is well water, comes out of the tap at 6.2 pH, and that's perfect water for discus. That's so perfect. I believe in getting I, fish for your water. Yeah, that's true. I have to say I have a lot of respect for you because you're you're very honest about your mistakes. Sometimes I I try to keep my mistakes to myself, but I'm, I have to say I, I respect you very much for being very honest about yours. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's the only way to help someone in reverse psychology. Uh, it would help. Prevent someone else from making the same mistake and still save some lives of fish. Uh, even though I, I may have killed some of mine by mistake, 
you won't if you listen to what I just did uh, and say, I'm not going to do that. Uh, And then I would, you know, I just keep up with what I do in the hobby, and I'm not as popular. Now, in three years, I got 1,250 subs on my channel. But when I look at other fish channels, that's been in it six years and only got 300 subs. You know, I'm, I'm not, well, it wasn't too bad. That's true. Now, what are your thoughts about Petco and uh, PetSmart selling fish? Should they should they be selling fish? Because we know some of the Petcos and PetSmarts across the country are, aren't really good. What are your thoughts on that? Well, a lot of them don't actually quarantine their fish. You know, I don't think any of them do, actually. I don't think they quarantine their fish. So the reason why they order once a week is they're hoping, and they have a sale the day before they get their new fish in, is hopefully they'll get rid of all their old fish before they put new fish in because their new fish that goes in, that's the quarantine tanks that they're in now. But uh, I think what they do do is they sort of let the water run through and change the water. Uh, So... The fish that are dying after each time they get a shipment in are the sick fish from the shipment. Uh, And if they have diseases or maybe they're dying of stress mainly uh, and bruises or, you know, whatever, internal organ damage from being sloshed around and things like that, or they could have disease. And uh, that's why they say don't buy any fish from a tank that has dead fish in it. Well, you have to look at it a couple of ways. Like I said, it could just be stressed out fish from the shipment. And they're moving constantly from the fishers at the location where they got the fish. You know, everybody says about 95% of the fish in the hobby are captive bred, but that's not true. It's more like 40%, 30%, 40%. Most of the fish are actually caught in the wild uh, and uh, put in the hobby. Uh, everybody's trying to keep the number increasing and increasing in what's in captive bread, and that's not true. Uh, Because these people have to make money, like the Amazonian fish. They have they're going to make money over there or they're going to go back into deforestation and destroy our air on our planet. So we've got to keep them getting these wild fish. Uh, It's just sometimes we put them in the tanks and captive breed those fish for a few generations and whatever, but they keep getting wild fish in to boost up the stock and the the genetics. So, yeah, there's something going on that a lot of fish keepers don't know about. That's true. I'm actually glad that you mentioned that the uh, whole wild caught versus tank raised stuff there's actually a, a lot more wild-caught fish in the saltwater hobby. Actually, if I had to guess, I'd say that about 85% of the fish in the saltwater hobby are all wild-caught. Most of them are from the Red Sea and the Indies and stuff like that. Um, they're Indonesia. all wild-caught. There, are, there is a lot of fish that are wild-caught in freshwater, too. Well, you know why? It's because, well, they've been trying to captive breed saltwater fish, but... Uh, uh, they just can't uh, produce the food in the tanks that they need to eat. Uh, they they don't want to breed. They don't want to spawn. Uh, there's something going on there with the fish's uh, instinct that they just don't want to breed in captivity. Now, they've succeeded in a couple of species. I, 
I'm not sure. I think I heard somewhere what they did some gobies, maybe. Is there saltwater gobies? Yes, uh, there's actually gobies, clownfish. A, a big majority of the clownfish are all captive bred now, and uh, they've got captive bred yellow tangs now. And uh, recently, they just uh, successfully captive bred blue hippo tangs, which is pretty awesome, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of the they're trying. The reason why they're trying to captive breed saltwater fish is a lot of fishers of these fish are going out to the reefs and destroying the reefs and the coral, uh, looking for the fish. And uh, you got people out there looking for coral that's finding them destroyed. And there's some controversy going there between the both of them, which is actually causing it. Uh, you know, when you remove coral, you may lose some fish off the reef, too, uh, that enjoy the coral. Uh, so, you know, it, that's why they're trying to learn uh, to uh, breed saltwater fish in the lab. Uh, and there was a show I did with somebody some time ago uh, in reference to that. And uh, uh, they're trying, they're continuously trying. And victory comes every once in a while. But it's the food issue that's the big thing. That is true. So I want to move on to another uh, issue that a lot of fish keepers have, and that's hybrid fish like the blood parrots and hybrid catfish and the flower horns. So what are your thoughts on hybrids in the aquarium hobby? Well, you brought it up, so now you're going to get what I think. Okay. (laughs) I don't like it. Uh, I don't like hybrids uh, because it's playing with Mother Nature. Now, I know that some fish in the wild probably have bred uh, out of uh, their line, uh, you know, whatever, but it's not as a rule, you know, and man has been trying to manipulate things for beauty, uh, for some different species so they can claim it personally and uh, claim it as an expensive fish and make more money. And hybrids, most hybrids, they can't breed. Uh, and uh, how can, you know, some of them can, like the uh, flower horns, uh, they can breed. Uh, there, but there's some of them that just can't. Uh, uh, and changing the forms like uh, balloon molly, balloon molly, balloon rams, and not mollies, but rams, and uh crunching up their organs, and they die premature deaths. And uh, I don't believe in uh, dying fish uh, with dyes. Uh, I don't like glowfish, uh, personally. But, you know, this is all designed for the younger generation. Uh, if I was uh, a nine-year-old girl, maybe I'd say, wow, that's a beautiful purple <laughs> fish. I'd like to have one of those. But uh, and uh, I don't believe in uh, colored rock and things like that. I believe in all natural. Actually, I'm starting to really firmly believe in biotopes. Uh, if anybody has seen any of my videos, looking at my tank recently, plenty of driftwood and uh, natural gravel, and uh, I've got uh, fake silk plants in there, which I'm going to be removing and replacing with real plants. Uh, Amazon swords. Uh, because that's an Amazonian plant. Uh, and actually, discus uh, don't uh, live in areas in the wild where there is a lot of plants because they live off the tributaries of the Amazon River. 
in like shallow pools, three, three and a half feet deep, or in the root systems along the banks of the Amazon uh, to try to get away from the fishers. <laughs> and uh, to get back to the sea, they're also using cyanide out there to uh, cause the fish to sort of almost act like they're dead so they can get them. And some of them actually do die from an overdose of cyanide. And it's kind of a cruel practice, but uh, I guess you wouldn't have the fish if they didn't do that, huh? Yeah, it is kind of cruel. I actually don't agree with that, but I guess they have to do it to to get the fish in the hobby. Now, the last question I have for you is going to end the show on a funny note. Now, do you know if there are any fish older than you? Fish older than me? Yes. Uh, there, there is the uh, the arowana, which has been around for uh, supposedly millions of years. Uh, you know, I'm I am a Christian, but I might get in trouble from a lot of people. But I actually believe in an old planet instead of a six thousand year old planet. It's just it's a different dispensation now where Adam and Eve. Uh, came into existence on this 6,000 years. But uh, there was a period of time prior to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, where uh, there's evidence throughout the puzzle in the Scripture that Lucifer reigned this planet at one time when he deceived all the nations, which means people, and God covered the water, uh, all the surface of the planet with water, and then it was void of anything for a long time until he created a new heaven and a new earth and we have Adam and Eve. So yeah, it there's a lot more to it which on my Christian show, uh on um, my Euphoric network, I'm gonna be getting into the meat of the word in future shows. Uh right now I'm doing uh speeches by Watchman Nee and uh I'm gonna be doing uh his book, The Normal The Normal Christian Life. I'm gonna have uh, uh, audio files of each chapter in a series, and then I'm going to start getting into like the giants back then and things like this. Yeah. So yes, the arowana. Awesome, that's true. And our pumas as well are are really really old. And uh, I was only uh, messing with you. I'm not saying that you're old. <laughs> I am old, but you know, I mean, I, I, but I'm starting to feel younger every day due to the supplements I'm taking. You know, I'm really serious That's about that. Good. I did a show. I did a show on my True to Fat uh, where I was talking about uh, Prince and his painkillers and how they said that he was addicted to painkillers. Well, he was actually addicted to chronic pain. Okay, that's what it was, and and they gave him the pain pills, and uh, he didn't overdose. It was his chronic pain and a mixture of that and probably stress that killed him just like it kills fish. But anyways, that's another show uh, in the future. But anyways, yeah, yeah, supplements will do it, Big farmer, and the government is getting deep into depopulation now. Uh, we got too many people on that planet, so what they're trying to do is they're trying to eliminate people that are living uh, rather than controlling birth. And I believe in controlling birth like Japan did a few years ago, where you could only have one child. But uh, now, uh, you know, people are going to give me trouble on that, too, because it's hard for a family not to want to procreate. 
but uh, you could, if you did that for about 10 years, uh, a young woman would still be young enough to breed and have children at 30 and let the old people die off gracefully take care of them until they do, but no, Bill Gates and the government and Big Pharma, they don't want to take care of you anymore. And the VAs have a lot of problem with that, too. So you got a lot of individual people with money that care about the lives of people that are creating these substances and supplements that really do help. I take a total of 12 uh, supplements, and I have so much energy now. I feel so much better. Uh, three years ago, I couldn't even walk. I was in a wheelchair and uh, with osteoporosis, and doctors couldn't, did not want to diagnose it until all of a sudden when I came in in a wheelchair, they looked into it. Now, they could have found that out through a test, uh, whatever. But my doctors, it's unbelievable about my A1Cs now. Uh, so how are you accomplishing that when I had uncontrolled diabetes that I felt was caused by them to start with? Uh, so I straightened myself out. I'm my own doctor now. That's good. I'm going to start having to call you Dr. Hannaford. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I want to thank you, Alex, for having me on your show. I know we got off topic there a few times, but, uh, you know, we haven't talked on radio for so long. I had to throw all this in. Now I'll throw it out. Uh, and I uh, hope to see you again sometimes on your a show, whether it's on a, a, a talk show or whatever, uh, sometime in the future. Uh, I know we're trying to work out something to be on my network between you and I, but we'll discuss that at some point in the future and see if it's feasible. And uh, we'll let each other's uh, listeners know about it at that time. That's true. And you're always welcome to be on my show. I love uh, chatting uh, tropical fish with you. It's fun. Oh, well, thank you. I enjoyed it myself. This is probably the most fun show I've had in quite a while, actually, where we were free-talking about whatever came in our head. Sometimes, you know, when you get two people with bipolar together, you don't know where it's going to go. Oh, yeah. You don't know if we're going to fight or if we're going to argue. Thank God we did (laughs) it, though. So we're going to go ahead and uh, take our final commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, wrap up this show. Hey, guys. Jeremy Soren of Boston City Radio. I invite you to check out Boston City Radio, the talk show, where I interview local guests and people of interest in businesses. Also, Boston City Music, where we have local artists that are up and coming. And Boston City Radio Jobs. And we also have Boston City Radio at YouTube. So check us out. Thank you very much. On Facebook at Boston City Radio, Boston City Radio Music Hour, and Boston City Radio Jobs on Facebook. Thanks, guys. Bye. Alice Cardinelli and Jeremy Stellhorn are proud to present to the American Variety Network a very unique and special talk show called Shooting It with Alex and Jeremy. This is going to be a talk show that will feature many different topics aimed for the men of America. Anyone is welcome to listen to this talk show. This is going to be a very very, very fun talk show hosted by two best friends. Our debut 
episode of Shooting It with Alex Cardinelli and Jeremy Stellhorn debuts on American Variety Network Thursday, July 28, 2016 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So, folks, join us for the debut of Shooting It with Alan Cardinelli and Jeremy Stellhorn as we introduce ourselves to you, Chat Dog, and much more live on American Variety Network, July 28th, 9 p.m. Eastern. Would you like to learn how to draw art? Would you like to learn how to become an artist? Well, the American Variety Network has just a show for you on Wednesday, August 3rd, 2016 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. Artist Ginny McNatt will have her very own show as she debuts the art life with Ginny McNatt. Ginny is a phenomenally talented artist and she cannot wait to educate you about art. She's going to be the host of this series and it debuts on August 3rd at 9 p.m. Eastern right here on American Variety Network. Your one stop for art is August 3rd at 9 p.m. right here on AVN. August 15th is my favorite day out of the year. Why, you ask? Well, it's my birthday. This year, I will be turning 23 years old. For the third straight year, I'm going to host my very own birthday celebration episode. And you, my listeners, are invited. Monday, August 15th, 2016, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. Join me as I celebrate my birthday live on American Variety Network. There will be a special guest or two, fun chat, birthday calls, and more. Feel free to call in at one 347-989-8142 to wish me a happy birthday. This will be my first live show in months. See you August 15th for this special show. Alright, so those were some American Variety Network show reminders, so make sure you guys check out those upcoming episodes of the American Variety Network. Tonight, we were fortunate to have Willie T as a guest here on Aquatic Wetlines West Chat Tropical Fish Series that has featured fish keepers such as Donovan Barger, Jeremy Stolhorn, and now we can add Willie T Hannaford to the list. Willie, I want to thank you so much for being a great guest tonight. Oh, yeah. I thank you for letting me be on tonight. I really enjoyed it. I had fun tonight, actually. Uh, best fun I've had in quite a long time. And uh, before I go, I want to uh, say that, you know, you have the same birthday as my son and daughter. See, my daughter has the same birthdays one year apart and uh, August 15th. One was born in 75, one was born in 76. And uh, 
Yeah, you're going to share the birthday with them. I remember back uh, when they were young, their first birthday, uh, uh, he was uh, two and she was one. Uh, he wanted the red cake and she wanted the blue cake. So go figure. <laughs> that's awesome. Happy birthday to them, too, as well. That, that's pretty cool. I guess uh, August 15th is a popular birthday for everybody. <laughs> for us, anyways. <laughs> For us, anyway. <laughs> Anyways, I want to thank you once again, Alex, uh, for inviting me on. Uh, I hope to see you again sometime. Talk to you again. Oh, no problem. I'm definitely going to have okay, you as a guest night, on the on the three-year anniversary. Yeah, yeah, three years. I've been doing it all, almost three years. I think I started uh, a few days after that show we had, the first one I was with you. I don't know how long that was, but it was like August, uh, March, March 23rd, I think it was, of 13. Oh, nice. Or, That's great. So, or uh, uh, August, I think. August was, yeah, August. Anyways, good night, Alex, and good night, everybody. Awesome. What a great way to end today's show. I want to thank all of you for listening into this fun show. Please feel free to check out our app, American Variety Network, on the Google Play and the Apple Play Store. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the crazy, euphoric Willie T and I. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to America's podcast, American Variety Network. Tell your friends about American Variety Network and have them check it out. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and download our app on Google Play and Apple Play. Come on now, it's simple. Just type American Variety Network in the Play Store and hit download. You'll get to hear my shows, see posts, and more. Good night, everyone.